the Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Because that's, you know, fret, guitar fret. You with me? No? Okay. Woo! Hey, you guys. Uh, weird opening? Yeah, kind of. Here's why. Um, uh, uh, you know, one of the listeners of this here podcast, and by the way, this is Sid Garzhelm, and you're joining me for the Approaching Natural Podcast. How cool is that? But one of, the, one of my listeners said, hey, um, you got your step of playing guitar before each podcast, which is a step on my own steps list. And he said, why don't, why don't you let us hear a little bit of it? So there it was. It's not, you know, it's not, I'm not Eddie Van Halen. I'm not Eddie Van Halen. I, what can I tell you? I'm not, I don't have the hair. I have the skills. I just don't have the hair. Um, but that's what you heard there is a little, uh, a little strumming around. And it's been huge for me to have music back into my life, even if in minute ways. Whoa. Yeah, that's the small steppers way, you guys. It's in my life. Sid, do you play guitar? Why, yes, I do. Whoa. Positive, true, honest, real. Got it? All right. Let's get busy. I hope everybody had a splendid week. I'm glad that you're here. If you're just joining me, that I've never done that before. So just can you just bear with me? Can you just give me the benefit of the doubt on this one episode? And if you just and then go back and listen to another one and then just then can me. Just be like, no, sorry, no. That's fine, but just just for this one, just bear with me, will ya? Okay, if you want, uh, are just joining me, I am Sid Garza-Hillman. As I said, I'm a certified nutritionist, small steps coach, as it were. Got some kind of exciting news on that front, which is, um, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you. The company that I've been um, developing, uh, it's basically a subscription-based site, short-term subscription, not like forever, but just like a, it's a program. Learning My System is now officially in its testing phase. I know that's that was kind of anticlimactic. It's now officially not launched, not launched yet, but it's being tested. It's the people are a few people came and said they wanted to, they, you know, be willing to test it. And so it's happening, um, beginning stages, but that means, you know, we're, we're very close. I want to see what their feedback is, iron out some of the uh, tweaky tweaks and, and little things. And, and then we'll, we'll be talking about that more as the time comes, I wanted to sort of envision, I envisioned a, an affordable, very accessible way to just take you a little more in depth than this podcast. I'm not stopping this podcast. It's still going to be rolling. But, you know, it, you know, sometimes it helps to, like I did the Wim Hof thing, to sort of be involved in a thing that teaches you a, a system. And then from that point on, you can then incorporate it into your life and, and, and just keep on keeping on, you know. Um, and that's the idea. So anyway, more news on that as I hear the news myself, right? Okay. If you are just joining me, this podcast is dedicated to, I, mean, I just want to help people live better. It's that, it is that simple. What's not simple about it is my system. My approach is a little unconventional, uh, unconventional, unmentionable and unconventional. Uh, it is not a typical thing. It is much more of a wide-ranging approach, way bigger than any, you know, one thing like food or exercise or something like that, something like that. It's a, it's a broad stroke approach 
to your life via my unique brand, A Small Step. So I talk about that every week here, sometimes with guests, sometimes mostly it's really with me only. And uh, so if you're just joining me, go back and listen to old ones. If you are still uh, with me uh, and you've been here before, go listen to old ones too. Good reminder. A lot of people use it that way to kind of touch base, reground, reconnect, and dive back into their lives. And then, you know, things get a little off the, off the, off the, cyst, off the rail, as it were, uh, by the end of the week. And you come back in here for another episode. No, okay. All right. Good, good, good. I'm doing okay. Sometimes that's like the message. Like, oh my gosh, everything's falling apart. And then... Yeah, it's not so bad. I got it. I think I got it, right? Okay. Speaking of which, there was a really, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I got a really great email from one of the podcast listeners. And um, and this person anonymously said, uh, again, like fell off the rail, just like I'm off the wagon or whatever the, the freaking, you know, metaphor is. And uh, just been great, just eating crap and just, I can't, you know, that, that whole message, right? But he, she was listening to old episodes and on, the, on their commute and thought, quote, yeah, but I'm doing something about it. And this is a thing that I have. This is a recurring message. It's the small steppers. We, it's what we get to say. Oh, I hate how unhappy I am. I hate how overweight I am. I hate how, oh, wait, yeah, I'm, I'm doing something about it. And it's a, it's a make it happen now approach. That's what this is. Small steps means you do something Today, starting today, because what stops us often is this perception that to do something about it is too big. Ah, then I'll have to plan and schedule for the diet down the line. I will have to get all my ducks in a row before I start the diet. Small steppers go, oh, I want to start eating better. Yeah, I'll do that starting today with a stock of celery on my plate because that's, that's a good place to start, but I can actually start today. So what's interesting about this person emailed is that she first says, yeah, but I'm doing something about it. And then she's freaking doing something about it. Like for real, she's dealing with her work issue that's stressing her out. And she's she's got a little, she got a little perspective about it. And she says, quote, and I'm eating vegetables followed by Oreos, but vegetables first. Do you see the difference there? So you can focus on all the things you're not doing, but as a small stepper, what you end up focusing on are the things that you are doing. You focus on those things, and by that, by doing that, you do get the perspective to realize there is going to be short-term stress. There is going to be periods of time where you slip a little bit, if whatever that means. And I've talked about failure so many times on this podcast, and I'll and I'll and I'll keep bringing it up because, and I'll talk about it a little more today. Um, failure because it is so part and parcel to what keeps us from trying new things or dealing with our lives is that what if we fail what if it doesn't work out this kind of thing and it's just it's you get a handle on that you you, you dive in a little bit deeper um and but but I but with this email was such a great thing which is to say you know I can focus on all the things I'm doing wrong or I can realize that I'm actually doing some kind of cool stuff and this is a period of stress and I'm going to get through it and I'm not a victim. I'm not just going, I wonder what's going to happen. You're like, it's in it. It's deep. It's happening. But here's what I am doing. And just sometimes that balance gets upset. Sometimes we're doing the stuff we don't want to really be doing a little bit more than the stuff we are we do want to be doing. Does that make sense? We have this balance. And I want to be clear about that with you guys is that 
and you know my fear of people becoming militant, right? Nobody does this perfectly. Nobody lives the perfect life. There is always a balance of things that aren't the most natural that you're doing versus the things that are a little more natural. So she's eating the Oreos, but she's also eating the vegetables and and somebody who goes, well, I eat a perfect diet, but they're still driving a car. They're still doing unnatural things. So the only question is, as a small stepper, is I'm trying to move people's focus not to the so-called bad things they're doing. Because again, there's the fa- I'm failing. I'm, I, I've, I've fallen off the wagon. But you really haven't. It's just the balance is a little upset this week. That's okay. A little this week, you're just a little more of the Oreos, a little less of the vegetables because of what's going on. But you're not letting that go so far down the rabbit hole. And that's what happens for people oftentimes is that th- that happens and then it's like, well, screw it. And then just boom, you're just all the way deep. And then you wake up six months later and you have you, you feel this great need to just you know account for all that by going on a massive diet. Small steppers keep things a little more even. We realize that there's an ebb and flow to this. There are times where you're going to feel a little more stress or things are going to happen at the at jobs or or in families and and it's going to upset that balance and the small stepper says not now it's I'm just I'm I'm horrible. I'm just bad. I just failed. No, they go I'm doing I'm still doing things to take care of myself. And the only question you guys ever have as small steppers is to say at any given time, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough of this right now or, or should I build in a little bit more or maybe I can't do that right now given that I'm on a trip or don't want to because I'm on a trip or my job is crazy or I'm moving. But as soon as I can, I'm going to just sort of make a, another subtle adjustment to bring in the good. It's a, it's a full-on focus on the actions that you are doing. If she said to me, um, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm, I'm just eating Oreos. I'd be like, you're not eating anything but Oreos, really? Because I've had this exact question. I've had this exact conversation with, well, not exact, but you know, like the same with so many clients who call me, let's say a year after they work with me, they go, oh my gosh, I just, I have failed. I have fallen off the wagon, and I just, I'm not doing any of the things. I go, oh really? Okay, because. You know, you were doing like a big glass of water in the morning. Okay, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing that. Okay, okay. Well, you were also taking deep, well, I'm taking deep breaths. And all of a sudden, three, four, five things that they weren't during, doing before they learned how to be a small stepper, they're still doing. They're just, they're just do, not doing as much as they were three months before, but then in two months, they're going to be doing more. It's an ebb and flow. And sometimes you need that reminder. Sometimes you need help to say, to, to, for somebody to tell you, hey, you're do, look at the things you're doing. You're not doing all stuff that is damaging to you. I guarantee it most times that's true. And if it is true that you're doing all things damaging, you're probably doing something fairly serious like, you know, drugs a lot or alcohol a lot or something like that that is tanking your life and maybe you do need a massive like in a rehab kind of thing, but for most people in this small step system, it is a an ebb and flow that we're aware of. And I've talked about this even, I think, in, in the most recent maybe five episodes of the success of a small stepper, which is that sometimes the steps come down. They decrease in a short period, in, in a maybe in a given week. You actually do less of a certain step because of the context of your life, because work got particularly crazy and you can't handle the steps that you were doing before that happened. So you decrease them, you keep the steps list active, and then when the everything when the dust kind of settles, you you bring it back in and you continue and then you build on that. And then you know that sometime in the future it's gonna happen again. You kind of back and forth, right? Okay. Again, I appreciate the emails because it is it is this kind of conversation that I believe is part and parcel to the actual success of living in the modern world. How 
do we, this is my question daily that I just wake up with, how can I help people negotiate their lives better, pay attention to the successes that are that everybody's doing, even in the way you think, even if you haven't acted yet, you're just thinking about things and, and about how ways you want to take care of yourself. That's, that's success. But those things get swept under the rug because we are so outward focused and we're so looking in the mirror going, I'm a failure because I'm overweight, but you're thinking, I'm actually a person, truly a person who eats really healthy, I'm going to start small stepping into that. Well, that's a huge success. You're powerful. You're strong. You got it. You got it. And I want to draw your attention to that because that's who you are. And that's amazing. Okay. All right. So there you go. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, I'm going to let, a little, let you in know, a little. Okay. Two secrets. One, mm, that was mushroom cocoa. I'm over mushroom coffee. I don't know how it happened. It's it's done for now. I'll, I'll I'll dig it again. I got two boxes. I got I'll I'll drop them off at the at the Goodwill. There, somebody's gonna pick those up and go, wow, those don't taste good. And I'll be like, I know. Um, but mushroom cocoa, I'm into it. Okay, and I'm not anti mushroom. I'm not poo pooing mushroom coffee. I drink. I will drink it again. I just need a break. Okay, just need a break. Okay, that's number one. Number two, my race that I direct, the Mendocino Coast 50K, is a week. From yesterday, happening a week from yesterday. Okay, if you're listening to this in 2000, anytime after April 22nd, 2017, this won't make any sense for you in terms of the dates. But I want to talk about it because I'm less than a week away from the race. So that means my brain, I'm literally telling people that know me and that I work with, listen, for the next six days, there will be things I will say. And if I, here's what, here's what happened this morning. My volunteer coordinator, this buddy of mine, Rick, he, he works at the Stanford Inn also, he works in the canoe, canoe thing, and he does my volunteer coordination, and so there was an email that he had done with one of, the, one of our volunteers who was doing stuff in the morning, taking equipment to and, and supplies to the aid stations, that's what this one volunteer's job is. And so Rick says, okay, you're going to be there, you know, meet me there at 7 at the starting line, and we'll drive out to the first aid station at 7.20. I jump in on the conversation and I go, whoa, that's kind of cutting it close because if it starts, the race starts at seven, the first runners, if they're super fast, could get there like pretty close to 720, 728, or, you know, if they're running a seven minute mile. And I then, and I send it off. I go, you might want to leave a little earlier to get to that first aid station to set that up because those first runners, Rick, phone rings immediately, two minutes later. Rick goes, um, I thought the start was 730, not seven. And he's kind of panicking. And I go, yeah, that's because it is 7.30. And I, my brain is my, I'm directing this race, you guys. You understand? I'm directing the race, the start time. It got it wrong. Just got it wrong. And freaked my volunteer coordinator out who thinks he's, he's based everything on a 7.30 start time. And in one quick three-minute email uh, or less, I just made him have a bad day for five minutes. And then it was like, I said, yeah, it's at 7.30. If you leave at 7.20, you'll have more than enough. It's just exhausting. My brain. I said, this is, this is the beginning, Rick. Wait wait till you see me on Thursday. I don't even know my whole name. So that's where I'm at. My brain is in, in that mode. Um, there's a lot going on. I will be posting a, a video uh, tomorrow morning. Monday morning, you'll see it. Uh, and talking a little bit about that, but mostly just showing my race my race prep and all that kind of fun stuff. I ain't doing it alone. I got Rick. I got Bree. Sid's my sweeper. My training partner, Sid, if you don't know, got some videos with both of them or throughout. And uh, yeah, so a couple, couple little points of business, super fast. Health made simple. 
is a meal plan system that I launched with Matt Frazier. We're going on a year. Can you believe that? We launched it last April. I swear to you, it's like this next week is going to be like a year. Like everyone who's in it is going to be renewing in theory. <laughs> and uh, But being some, like I met a woman in Marshall, Texas, and she goes, I love you. She came up to me. She's like, I, I love Health Made Simple. I've lost 40 pounds in the last year. And, she, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, you got to write us that because that's incredible. Like, we don't hear from enough people. But we're doing a live Q&A tomorrow. And um, so that's why I'm recording the podcast today. But kind of cool. So that's uh, nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. It's not a weight loss plan per se. One of the plans is a weight loss plan. But it's got five different meal plans. And it's really about how to make your own system from this, learning the recipes and how to, it's health made simple, how to how to make it so easy to eat well. Because again, here's our perceptions. Oh, it's so hard to eat. It's so hard to eat healthy. Oh my gosh, so expensive, so hard. To, and we're just like, no, so here you go. And some people, small percentage are like, we want more recipes. And we're like, that's not what we're doing here. There's cookbooks aplenty and there's other meal plans that have 15,000 recipes and email you new recipes every week. We're not, that's not what we're doing. We're not hitting those people. We're hitting the people who emailed us and who responded to our initial survey that said, I want to spend less time in the kitchen and I want to just make this easy. And I like to cook on recipes like once in a while, but week to week, I just want to freaking dial it in. Boom. If that's you, good. If it's not, don't. Okay. Thank you guys, everybody who has donated. I just got a really nice donation like two days ago. This is so huge because I am deep in the book. Um, I am not doing nearly the client work that I've done in the past. I'm like really kind of deep. So that was super nice. You know who you are. You know who you are, but you guys are great. The way, any way that you support me, I am thankful for, whether that be a donation uh, that you can do through SidGarzaHillman.com, buying a Nutty Nut Nut shirt or an Approaching the Natural shirt or a mug or a custom signed book from my website or just reviewing on iTunes or Amazon's all good if you feel like giving back to the old deal. But honestly, like shooting me an email like that person did, to say, here's what my experience has been with small steps is just ginormous too. I mean, and I mean it for real. It's all, it's all part of that whole deal, okay? So thank you very much. And if you're interested in following me on social media, you can go to sidgarcihillman.com. There's links to wherever I am and that way, okay? I will say apologies to a few people who Instagram messaged me. I am... I have been black. I'm, I've gone black in terms of social media for the most part. I have a person posting for me, uh, my assistant, who's also kind of helping me with some finding out research stuff for the book. She's been really great. Um, she lets me know when there's messages on Instagram. I just don't get them right away. And so I answered a few today. And so the reason I did that is because I sent kind of like the draft, if you will, like it's not done. But it's the whole thing from start to finish, except for the foreword, which I'm not writing. Matt Frazier from, you know, No Meat Athlete. Matt Frazier is writing my foreword. Isn't that exciting? Um, he's writing it, I hope. And he's supposed to be writing it. Anyway, everything else I turned into the managing editor at the publishing company on Friday. Pretty cool. She's going to be looking it over and handing it over to a copy editor who's going to then be, you know, crossing my T's that I forgot to cross and dotting my I's and also telling me that there's certain parts that are, oh, I don't know, totally not clear, maybe. Um, but it's 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 rolling. It couldn't have been better timing. I was supposed to have that done like in a week. And I was like, I'm going to get it done now because I am in race mode. Okay, so that's gone. There's nothing I can do with it right now. Isn't that amazing? That's the best. It's a finals week. It's like, I can't do it. There's nothing I can do about it now. 
Uh, it's either going to happen or it's not. So um, I will be in New York May 20th and 21st. My talk is actually May 21st, but I'll be there both days. And I know there's some podcast listeners coming, so you can find me both days um, at the Stanford Inn table. But my actual talk is Sunday, May 21st. New York City, no, sorry, nycvegfoodfest.com. nycvegfoodfest.com. I'll be in Durham, North Carolina at the Triangle Veg Fest. That's trianglevegfest.com. I think I'm going to see my new BFF. Howard Jacobson, love that guy. I hit it off with him at Marshall like nobody's bit. He's bald, but I think that has something to do with it. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's going to be, because he lives there out, out in Durham, and he's really cool. He co-wrote the book Whole by T. Colin Campbell and Proteinaholic by my buddy Garth Davis, who is really becoming a, 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 an actual friend friend, and it's very cool because he is an ass kicker. Oh, my God. You guys have heard me rail on butter coffee, right? My one like one star review on iTunes, go look it up. It's from a guy who just got pissed because I dissed um, butter coffee. I swear to God, just mad. And uh, and uh, yeah, long story, but you can go back and listen to that. That was kind of funny. Anyway, so I was kind of um, he he was like, I really like the podcast. Actually, I just wanted to see if the one star would show up, and I was like, Yeah, it showed up. Give me Christmas. But but he just kind of hit me on the on the fact that I was making fun of butter coffee, which I still do. So I'm talking to Garth and Marshall, and it came up in that group thing, uh, the group talk a couple episodes ago. I hope you guys enjoy that because I, I listened to it finally. I was like, that was pretty cool. Like I had to listen to it because I don't have no, I had no memory of what we talked about. Anyway, and so so Garth goes, yeah, I debated that guy, the guy who launched Bulletproof Coffee. He got millions of dollars. I'm totally jealous of of um, of of venture capital. I'm jealous, except for I'm not going to do what he did to get millions of dollars, right? So I'm not that jealous. Like, I'm not going to do that thing. So fine. <clears throat> Ford Focus it is. But um, he goes, yeah, I debated him. I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, mind, body, green. So I looked it up. Oh, my God. So good. Garth Davis, just so good. He's so smart. He's just so deep in the research. Like, just reads. A, that's all he does. Like, I don't, I read research not in you know, a, a hundredth of what he reads. I mean, it's just crazy. He's just, but he's reading it from a scientist's perspective of getting deep into the methods themselves to say like is this a valid study? And that's what's that's what's crazy, right? I mean, in a good way. Okay. So that was Howard Jacobson who co-wrote uh, Garth's book. Okay. So here I am about a week away from the race, and I am in a very um, scattered place, if, as you could probably hear just from this podcast already. I'm, for the most part, keeping it together. Um, when you actually talk about failure, when I talk about failure, I said I was going to talk about it today, because I, I realize that the stress of, the stress I'm feeling, the, the in, it's intense. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and then you go back to sleep. Now it's this week, and I already know what's going to happen. Like I kind of just know it. It's like getting up to go to the bathroom and then just laying back down and going, holy crap, the racist, and then just boom, 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 just flooding of the nonsense, right? That's where I'm at. And a couple things are going on for me. And I realize that, you know, it's ironic because I am directing an ultramarathon, but this feels like an ultramarathon, like I'm running it. And I'm, I'm doing the course the day before, but I'm not racing like the race. But this is what this feels, it feels like another, it's another one of these things that I put myself in, into, 
And and there are times, I'll be honest, where I kind of go, why did I put myself into this? You know, it's that it's that mile 28 of a 31 mile trail run where you go, why, why am I doing this? And there's no way to, 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 I'll put it this way, unless you do those things, you can't get to the feeling of what it's like to have done those things. <laughs> and so last year's race was so much fun and so fulfilling and so much fear. And, and, and one of the panels I did in Marshall, I stood up because, because I was on a panel with like Josh Lajani and Garth and, and this guy, uh, a buddy of mine, Adam Chame and another, uh, plant-based marathoner, uh, uh, actually it was a weightlifter guy. And I stood up. The first thing I said was, "Look, we're gonna you're gonna hear talk about ultra marathons. You're gonna hear about talk about Boston qualifying. You're gonna hear talk about triathlons. But just so you all understand, this is none of us here sitting up here are natural athletes that have done no work to get where we are. None of us here are professional athletes. We are people who have, in a way, small step, but we have over years in the making. Josh Lajani, if you go back and listen to that old episode with him on it, and he's lost 200 pounds, for crying out loud. It was a, a process of getting him into who he is and then becoming a runner after that. And I mean, he talks about the you know running a half a mile and it just being beyond painful, you know, when he was 400 pounds, you know? So I want people to understand, and I want you to understand that any discussion that I have of directing a race is not really about directing the race. That that's just my in the world expression of the challenge and stress. When I run a, an ultra marathon, it is that's my version of what a 10k was for me 20 years ago when I was scared out of my brain the night before running my first 10k. It's 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 all relative and it, and I wa- I don't want you to I'm always sensitive when I hear things that are like I just can't, I feel like I can't relate to. And some things I can't. Like I hear a professional triathlete talking. If he or she is talking about their training regimen, and I'll say, like, I don't, that really isn't relevant to me. I'm not that kind of runner. It ha, I'm not, that's not my goal. I'm not trying to learn from them because that's just not where I'm at in terms of my own exercise. So it's fine. Um, it's not where I, not, not why I run that. I'm not, I'm not running to win. You know what I'm saying? So. I want you to understand that when I talk about these things, this is me putting myself in intentional challenge, yeah, like an ultramarathon. I mean, this is directing a, an event. This is me doing this thing. Somebody posted recently on one of my YouTube channels or something like, I love all the, like, all the things, the different things that you do. And I want you guys to know, like, it's not easy for me. I, it is for me to do a podcast and the YouTube channel and direct a race and have a full-time job at the Stanford Inn and have clients on the side and write a book and raise a family and be with, you know, Lisa and I just had our 22-year anniversary two days ago. Like crazy, right? Amazing. And to maintain a successful marriage, like these things take, it is juggling and it is prioritizing, family being number one. And so everything sort of falls under. And there are times where I question and say, is this getting in the way of family? And and sometimes it's yes, and sometimes it's no. And, and this race is a short term, much shorter term this year. My, I mean, what a difference. Like, I'm so glad that at least I'm doing another year. If I continue it next year, I don't know. It depends on how good this race goes. But I'm glad I did it a second year because it the stress level went down like 75%. I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, I've done that already. Like, once you have that experience, I talk about the arsenal of experience. Once you have that experience, it's it makes the next time incredible. But again, 
you got to build into the experience in the first place. This is how do you become a person who eats healthy? By learning how to become a person who eats healthy. You can fake it by doing a diet, but you're not learning how to be that person. And once you learn how to be that person, it's easy. It's because it's just who you are. It's as easy as brushing your teeth is today. But you got to get to that point. Enter my small steps. That's what that is. But what, what, what brought me to talk about my race was the stress that I am feeling. And it is intense, by the way. And just luckily, it's not every week of my life. <laughs> okay, it's like the last month. Okay, it'll be over Sunday, regardless of how the day goes. It's done. It's like finals week. I used to get through finals week going, no matter what I do on Friday, it's over. It's done. I'm going to go get a tuna melt. Those were, that was back in the day, just being honest. Tuna melt with green chilies on it. That's how, that's apparently, that's the correct way to do it because that's how, how I did it. And, um, but it's, it's going to be over. But my stress, 90% of my stress is fear of failure. That, that I'm just telling you right now, and that's what stops people from taking on anything. Again, I'm taking on a race. It's pretty gargantuan. For you, it could be something smaller. And in my life, other things are much smaller than that. It's just this is, I'm talking about the race today, okay? But it's fear of failure. The, that's what terrifies me. And the realize what I realize is that there is a very, very real limit to what I can do about that. I mean, a very I can do a, a lot to minimize the chances of failure, and that's what I'm doing. But the stress around the race from for my fear of failure has really no relevance to my life or to the race itself. Does that sound weird? Do you do you see what I'm saying? Okay, let me repeat it because I I may not have even known what I just said just then. But I really did. Here's what I said and what I meant. I am stressed in large part about things that are completely not in my control. I, I just, I'm stressed about somebody getting hurt. I'm stressed about somebody uh, getting lost. I'm stressed about the tents falling down. I don't like all these things pop in my head, but 90% of them I have no control over. It's what that is. The question that I have in my own mind and in, as, a, as a coach in the way that I help you guys, hopefully directly, but also my, my clients, is to say, okay, well, how best to deal with that stress? And I don't know if this is my age being 48 or whatever. I am spending, I, here's, what I, here's what I, is the truth. I'm spending zero time, zero time for real trying to make that stress go away. I'm just not, I'm, I, I'm directly, I'm not in my brain saying, stop thinking about that. I just, I literally don't do, I can't do, I can't. I just, for so many years, tried to figure out a way to stop that messaging and stop that from happening. And it never works, never works. And that was, by the way, one of the inspirations of me coming up with my small steps approach in the first place, which was to say, here is what I see the solution being. Apply yourself into action. That that is the to me. I could be wrong, and maybe somebody listening to this is like, "Oh, I really?" Because I just flick a switch when I hear messaging of or stress or things that I'm stressed about that I can't control or coming up with hypothetical conversations that didn't actually occur and that will never occur. I just flip a switch and it turns it off. And if you're that person amazing market that switch because I will buy it to just shut my freaking brain off sometimes I'd be fantastic short of that the solution that I have is to say 
that's there. I feel it. I don't want to feel it. Where am I going to think about now? What am I going to... Here's what you have control over. And and maybe even it's going to be at three in the morning sometimes. If you have, and this is where the small steps thing is, this is that thing of, let me think about a book I want to write. Let me think about a painting. What? Let me think about what new steps I'm going to put on my steps list. Let me think about what I want to eat tomorrow. What I, truly I. Let me think about who I am. Let me play the me, not me game. Small stepping is action. There is no, I never coach people to put small steps on their list of don't do this and stop doing that. It's all positive action. I don't mean positive like good. It's all po- I mean like literally positive. It's not negative. It's adding in. It's, it's, it's doing something. That's what small stepping is. So the title of this podcast, this episode is Don't Fence Me In. And the reason why I titled that is because I feel like I'm sitting on a fence where on one side is full on stress and on the other side is just me able, capable, knowledgeable because I've done this already. I did it last year, learned an absolute ton, did all the research last year, learned all the stuff, went through it, made all the mistakes, made notes. I'll make mistakes again, but I learned a ton. And so here I am this year formulating this thing. And and that's that's one side of that fence. And I'm in the middle. I want to be all the way on the one side of the guy who's just going to direct this thing. I got it. There's things I can't control. I'm not going to get stressed about those things because they're not in my control. But I know how to do this. And I, I'm kinda, I can think through the event now because I've seen it happen. So I kind of know, just like if I were running an ultra marathon. I don't know if I'm going to run an ultra marathon and get injured. I don't know. But you know, you kind of have an idea because you've done it before. And maybe on your first ultra marathon, what you've done before is a marathon. And so you have that arsenal of experience. And that's you know minimizing your chances of, of problems in the thing that you haven't done yet. But you kind of have an idea. I want to be that guy. I, I do. I'll be honest. I want to be that. I don't want to be the guy who's stressed. And up at four in the morning when I really do need sleep and my heart rate's racing, who's who's stressed about stuff that I just, it's, there's nothing I do about it, right? But here I am. I'm on that fence. And one of my um, alternative titles to this week's episode was how to make a really great stew. Um, and the reason was, and I probably should have gone with that because kind of I still think it's kind of good. But the reason why I came up with that is like, I was, I was like, I'm stewing. Like I, it's like that whole thing of like when something happens in your life and it could be a confrontation, it could be an argument and until it gets resolved, you stew, you sit there in your brain and it's just like, and it doesn't stop and you want it to stop and you're like, for the love of her and you hear it and you're hearing conversations again, didn't happen, aren't going to happen. I should have said this. There's the messaging. You failed because you didn't handle it the right way. Maybe I made a mistake. I don't know. You're not acting on anything, by the way. You're just stewing. You're stewing. And this is this week, it's it's not stewing. I didn't have a confrontation, but it's kind of a similar thing of having that stuff take up mental space and have it have it in a very, very real way affect the quality of my life. Just because my race is in a week doesn't mean that I want this week to have no value for me and my family and my other job, by the way, and my book or whatever I, you know, and this podcast, for instance, like it it is this podcast, this week's podcast. So I will tell you what's easier. Me going, no podcast this week, you guys, because I have a race in a week, but I don't want to do that because I, I'm going to use this time then if I don't do the podcast to stew. 
about the race, to be just stressed about the race. I want to put my energy into things because it is a solution to me living better. It is a solution to my stress. It lowers stress when I apply myself to intentional thinking, to consideration, not to mindless mind chatter, which sucks me dry of my energy, but to say, yeah, that stuff's there. I'm going to just pop over here on the other side of the fence. Then when I'm not paying attention, I go back to the other side, the stress side, and I get stressed out, I get worked up again, and then I go back down. And I go back to the other side, I go, okay, right? Okay. The double meaning, of course, don't fence me in is that I'm sitting on the fence, but also it is feeling trapped when you feel like the things going on in your head, like you can't make them stop. It, it, it is... It is. It stops you in your tracks. It stops you in your tracks. You're just walking along. Boom! You're stopped. You're, just, you're 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 immobile. Again, small stepping is mobility. It is moving. It is doing. That's a fact. When you, this is why I put so much value to even the so much you know the most silliest. Most people would perceive the most silliest of steps, taking one deep breath per day. Oh, that's so silly, right? Except for that, it's mobile. It's moving. It's starting. It's doing. And if you can do more, you'll do more. You'll put that on your steps list. I can do one. I can do 15. Okay, that, that's your small step because that's for you. But mobile is mobile. Moving is moving. Action is action. And I believe this, and, and maybe in a few years I'll change my tune. But I believe that the one and only thing that works for this kind of model where you're feeling all these things and you're thinking all these things just just involuntarily is to apply thought. Now, people meditate and they they witness that and that's great great, but I'm talking about again, I always make this remark, I'm not anti-meditation at all. I'm a huge fan of meditation, huge. But I have a job and I have all the things I listed. I have things to do in my life and to be with, my family and all these kinds of things. And so it's not I am not of the mindset of, oh, I'm feeling the stress. Let me go sit on a, on a pillow for 45 minutes and just watch these things as they go by. I, don't, I think that that's great, but that's not going to solve because when you get up and you go back in, mo- for me, they come back in. They don't go, oh, you meditated for 40 minutes. We're out. We'll see you. We'll see you next week before, just before you meditate again. They're, they come back. So my solution to, to the most of the time of this kind of stress is to apply my thought, not to try to squash that stuff. Just let it roll. Let it roll. The only question I have ever, and that I want you guys to ask ever, with regard to this kind of stuff going in your on in your brain, is: Do I want to be thinking of this? Do I want to be thinking about this? Because I have a vis- I have a physical feeling that's associated with that stress. It's it's right now, given how close the race is, it's it's I would define it as dread. I feel dread. When I, I was at my twins' birthday party yesterday, we went down to this fun like game arcade kind of thing. They'd never seen like a real arcade. It was just classic like country kids. They like walk in, they're like, oh my. It was like sensory overload. Um, my daughter's like, I don't know how to play these games. I'm like, nobody does. You just dive in and that's how you do it. And, and so, um, but I wanted to, you know, to 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 be there. And I was there, and I have, I'd be having this really good time doing something, and all of a sudden, Mendocino Coast 50K would pop in my head, and I would have a like a physical reaction, like my heart rate would just start thumping in my in my in my chest. And again, 
I'm not going to do anything about it right then. I mean, I'm not going to do anything about it right then, but it happens. And so I have to make a, not have to, I want to make a conscious decision at that moment to say, I don't want to think about that right now. And it's going to come up. I'm not trying to squash it. It's my way of saying, I don't want to, not how can I stop it? It's just, I, I know I don't want to be thinking about the race. And so I say, I get deeper into the time, into what I'm doing with my, in that case, my children or whatever that is. And the thing is, is when you ask yourself, do I want to be thinking about this? Understand that sometimes the answer is yes, but then all of a sudden, really the mind chatter kind of does stop at that time because now all of a sudden it, you've brought intention and consideration into the ver- that very thing. So in other words, I think Mendocino Coast 50K, I get the anxiety, I go, do I really want to be thinking about this? The answer could be yes. But then all of a sudden now I'm going, okay, well, let me think about this then for real. Let me, let me get into it. Let me, I don't want to hear the, the craziness. I want to just dive in. Is there something I can be doing about this right now? Let me go through the race. Let me think about my to-do list. Let me look at the thing. I mean, there's real, but again, that's action. That's taking, what I always say, guys, you take control of your life. That's how. But at the point where, let's say you're stewing about an argument you got in, there is a very real point where there's just no new information. It's just recycling the freaking conversation. It's, 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 you know, different kinds of responses that you should have. But there's no new information. There's no new facts that are going to change the nature of the stress. It's just at that point, it, it's what I call the, starting now, the get a hobby philosophy. There's people that I've worked with over the years who like just get so wrapped up in work, like just drama. And they just talk about coworkers and they're just, just wrapped up in in all the stuff about, and I always want to say like, get a hobby, like get other stuff to do in your life, other stuff to think about. And this is why, have I talked about how many times, guys, if you have a job that you don't like, I'm not going to tell you to quit your job. You might quit your job. I'm not going to tell you to, but I'm going to tell you to, to find moments where you are thinking of other things in your life that you want to be doing because your job isn't 24 hours a day. And you can, via my small steps, say, okay, my job sucks. And that's kind of, that's the analogy of stress. Like, let's say your your job is that stress and you hate it. But instead of just lamenting about how bad the job is, like that woman who emailed me, just lamenting about the Oreos, she's changing her brain to vegetables. Oh, I'm doing that. If it's your job, you start a hobby, you start a craft, you start going for walks after work and now you've got something that 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 balances the what the perceived negative you've balanced it with the positive we want that to initially be an equal balance well my job sucks for 8 hours and i want 8 hours of perfect pleasure and it just doesn't work that way but you i feel like i this is what i really truly believe in my soul it's not study it's not research garth davis would not have nothing to say about this but what i always say is those momentary steps, those that one-minute walk has way more value than the one minute. I believe that positive, intentional, considerate, consider, considering type steps of that is just one minute is way bigger than that one minute. It I believe that one minute is huge. It's hours worth of positive because not only do you do the one minute, but you you know that you did the one minute. You know that you took control of your life for that moment. You have increased self-esteem and self-confidence. It's way bigger than the amount of time. And very little of that kind of work can balance the crappy job. 
It really can. Very little time of starting a book, five minutes a day, can make your day at work a whole nother world because when it gets bad, you go, I can't wait to get home and work on my book. And because I'm only doing five minutes a day, I still can watch my show because I don't. It's, I, it's not overtaking. I'm tired when I get home, but I can handle five minutes and just just you get juiced, you get more energy, and you have to understand that the time. This is I'm always about time, right? Because I'm I'm going find moments and 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 how very little free time we have in today's world and and how we spend that very little free time. When you add up the time in your life, or let's just say the last six months that you've stewed, okay? So let's say you had a crappy day at work, and then you come home, and you talk about your crappy day at work. No new information, just rehashing it, but then even past the rehashing, you have opinions that you want to share about that, and you add that up, and, and guys, I do it too, so you're hearing me in my voice. It's like, it's all of us, okay? You add up the time, of the bad day. You add up the time of the talking about the bad day. You add up the time about rehashing. You add up the time about dissing on the people that pissed you off in the first place. You add up the time about your opinions about that and how you could do better. Hours and hours. And sometimes you, you, you do need to process that. I get it. But again, when there's no new information, then what are you going to do? That's where the small steps comes in. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Remember what she said? Yeah, but I'm doing something about it. What are you going to do about it? And it may mean that you're not going to quit your job or go to work and yell at your boss, or it may just mean what you're going to do about it is to come up with something outside of work that gives you value and meaning that gets you out of the negative and fully directed into action. Like I said, that's how you do it. You do it by creating a direction for yourself. And that's this, I mean, in a way, that's this race. That's the, that's the thing. Those are the things that I do because, because it is action and it is me. It does bring me joy and energy and happiness, even though at the same time, there is stress and there is fear and there is anxiety. It's very, very, it's very weird. The me of the me, not me game of this race, the me is the person who says, if this race fails miserably, it's not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. If the, That's the me. The me goes, you know what? If, if the race goes south, it goes south. I mean, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it, right? That's the me. I All good, calm. The not me, if the race goes south, it is the end of the world. The not me is people yelling at me. I'm afraid when I was a kid of people getting mad at me. Whatever that is, I'm not a psychotherapist, but there's stuff there, man. There's stuff there. It's just not me. It's not who I am, but it's, it, it's in me. I can hear it. I just don't want to pay attention to it. So I'm not going to tell it to shut up. I'm just going to ignore it by putting my brain deeper into figuring out ways that I can minimize failure on race day and come up with ways that I can... this right? How great is it to make people's experience even better, to be in a, in a place in my mind when I show up on race day that I'm not in a stress, fearful way, that I'm in a welcoming, happy way to make everybody's experience better. I don't want to show up on race day pissed and yelling and screaming and being in a bad mood. I want to be happy. And so I'm going to put my, my energy into that. 
I don't want to stay fenced in into the stress. I don't want to be in this space of stress and avoidance of failure. I want to be in a space of creating more success. I don't want to avoid failure. I want to create more success. That's the me of this. That is the me. And what's interesting about that is when you when you put your brain into that, when you say, I'm going to be, I'm going to think about the me of this and say, if the race fails, it's out of my control. It's not the end of the world. It's just what it is, the me, right? And I sort of accept it. I go, I can only do so much. If I, if I don't do enough, then that kind of sucks. So let me just focus on that. By understanding that, by the acceptance of what is in my control in this situation, it lowers my overall stress. 100%, I mean, not 100%, but it 100% does lower my overall stress. And here's the other kicker. Ready? It actually increases the chances that the damn thing's going to be successful because my brain is in the place of success. My brain is in the place of how do I not try to avoid failure, but how do I make this race the most, the more time I can spend figuring out how to make the race really cool and figuring out how to make myself in a good place mentally when I get there is going to lower my overall stress and up my chances that the damn thing's going to be successful. So with anything that you are experiencing in your life, whether that be upset because you're not as healthy as you want to be, you can stew, you can get pissed, you can blame your parents, you can do all those things about why you're unhealthy, overweight, whatever it is, whatever it is pissed about it. You can try to convince yourself that everything's okay and this is how you want it to be even when it's not. I don't know. That's for you to decide. Or you can say, this is what this is. I am here today as a result of all the years leading up to me today. All these years are gone. They're gone. They're not coming back in reality. They don't exist. They exist in my head. And those years speak to me. Those years of bad messaging, self-criticism, bad messaging, people criticizing me, parents criticizing me, schoolmates, who knows, whatever that is for you. That it's in your head and it's going to rear its head when you are at your most vulnerable, when you are feeling stressed and unhappy about things. That's when you will hear those things. And at that time, if you have something to put your energy into, when you ask that question, do I want to be thinking about them? When you kind of come to in that moment, you go, do I want to be thinking about this right now? And you go, no, I want you to have something that you can say, well, what do I want to be thinking about right now? I want to give you that thing. I want to give you something that you can say, oh, actually, I'd rather be thinking about this. But some people don't have that thing. They don't have that thing. They are living on the side of the fence of the bad messaging. They're deep into it. They think it's them and it's not them. It's not who you are. The bad job is not who you are. There's other things going on. And I want to be there for you every week to say, not think about this, but do follow my tools, follow my system so that you can come up with that thing for yourself. I don't know what that is for you, but I know that you can, via my small steps, 
bring in something that gives you something to think about when you don't want to be thinking about the other stuff. If you battle that down and say, I don't want to be thinking about this. I don't want to be thinking about this. I don't want to be thinking about this. Stop. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. You fail. It's where you are. It's why I don't tell people to stop eating cheese ever. Because then you just think about all the things. You just think about what I can't have. Now I can't have cheese. Instead, I go here, bring this in, bring this in, bring this in, bring this in, so that you have something there, so that when you, if you decide at some point, I don't want to eat cheese, it doesn't make me feel good, I know it's super unhealthy, you have a thing to fill it in with. You don't go, but but now what? I've wasted all my time thinking about how much I love cheese and how I, you can't tell me what to do and I'm pissed off about it and all this kind of stuff, about somebody telling me it's bad for me. You're not in that space. You're like, well, now I've got something to replace it with. I've got something to dive into. That's how you get out of the rut. That is how you get out of the rut. Now, do I feel a little overextended right now? Yeah, I do. I don't know what to do, but I mean, I'll cut if I need to cut. I will cut something if I need to cut something. I'm not going to cut the podcast. I'm not going to cut the YouTube channel. Love those things. But if the race is just crazy, then all that's not the thing. I don't make any money off from it. It's it's a labor of love. It was a fun project. I would love it for, for it to be sort of an every year thing, but I don't know. I don't know, but that's... That's okay. That's as small steppers, we we are okay not knowing and we are okay stopping something. We don't have to continue going on with something that doesn't work for us. We know very clearly when something doesn't work for us and we're totally okay shutting it down. I always love to ask, like, how's that working for you? The habits that you've been doing for 40 years. Well, this is what I do. Okay, well, how's it working for you? Because sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does. And that's up, for, up to you to figure out, but more importantly, that's up to you to figure out how to craft your life so that you can ask those questions, how to craft your life in moments and deep breaths so that you can ask the question, do I really want to be thinking about this right now? And if you don't, how to craft your life to figure out what you do want to be thinking about. Got it? All right, you guys. I'm going to shut it down this week, okay? I'm going to shut it down this week and but I'll be back next week. Next week will be post race. And I'll either be like that went okay or I'll be like that was awesome or I'll be like I'm getting sued and um please donate to my save the save the sid fund. That'll be those are the three scenarios that come Monday you're going to be hearing one of those things. So stay tuned everybody. You guys are awesome. Listen, I thank you again for emailing everybody um, you, who do. Uh, it's very nice, and I love to hear from you. And um, you guys are awesome. Just a great community uh, of people. And I'm, I'm blessed to have you listen to this thing every week. I'm, it's a, kind of an amazing thing. And so here I am going off into the uh, beyond uh, this week of just diving big deep on this unknown. Um, and I hope it works out. And I hope people have a really good time. If you are coming to the race, please come say hi. Uh, 17, 18 states are coming to this little town and to run my race. And I'm very excited about that. It's very humbling. All right, you guys. You're awesome. Listen, this week, will you do me a favor? While I'm in the craziness and stress, just do me a favor. This will very much help me. Take care of yourselves. Add something in. Do something you've never done before, even if it's for one minute. Okay? That's how you start. Talk to you next week, you guys. Be well.
Of a whiner 